The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the hosts and creators of this program. This is the Pet Buzz. This is the Pet Buzz. Freshly collected with news, celebrity pet gossip, and the latest pet trends. The Pet Buzz gives you the latest 411 on everything pet related. Everything pet related. Hosted by pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. And here's the Dynamic Pet Duo. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pet Buzz and all of the listeners who tune in each week from around the world. I think it's going to be an interesting show. we got a lot of questions from guests. Let's kick off the show with the weekly countdown. So in segment number four... John Zimmerman Esquire is joining us. He's representing a cat who's been accused of predatory crimes in her Bellevue, Washington enclave. This is going to be really good. In segment three, Charlotte and I are answering your questions. We are talking about what to do after Halloween with pet costumes and other holiday stuff. Also, there is a pet nail maintenance question. Find out more. In segment two, Charlotte dishes about celebrity pet gossip. And I'm talking about unusual ailments that cats suffer from. You don't want to miss this. And in segment one, a rescue dog who has a nose for detecting whale poop, or scat, as it's commonly referred to in the wildlife, turns out to be the perfect tool or assistant for a university research team. Joining us today is Dr. Deborah Giles, a marine biologist at the University of Washington Center for Conservation Biology, who studies killer whales. Dr. Giles, welcome so much. We're so glad that you're joining us on the Pet Buzz today. Hi there. Thank you so much for having me. You know, some of your research focuses on, obviously, I would say a good part of your research focuses on killer whales. But before we get started, can you talk to us about the plight of the killer whale and why research about them is necessary for their survival? Yeah, absolutely. So the southern resident fish-eating killer whales that are primary target for our research are threatened and listed on the endangered species list because essentially they don't have enough to eat. There are three main identified threats in their listing documents, lack of quality and quantity prey, toxicants of all kinds, man-made toxicants, pollutants, and then um, the vessel uh, presence and associated noise. All of those are main identified threats, but the main threat is the lack of salmon because without getting enough to eat, all of the other threats um, are exacerbated. Right, and these whales are really big and they need a lot to eat, correct? Yeah, so the average, um, you know, when you take into consideration different size and age and sex of the animals, they need to, uh, to eat between three and 400 pounds of salmon or fish per day. And so when prior to us overfishing and damming and doing a lot of other um, activities that have limited the quantity and quality of prey, fish used to be over 100 pounds. The fish that these whales co-evolved with would have been 60 to 100 pounds easily. And so these whales would have had to catch three or four of those guys to get a full day's worth of nutritional requirements. Now, with salmon, I just checked about three weeks ago, and the average size Chinook salmon for the state of Washington right now is between 12 and 15 pounds. Wow, that's and a huge so that's difference. that's a tremendous amount more energy uh, needed. They have to expend probably more energy to catch smaller fish, and they have to do it so much more often to get that three to 400 uh, pounds worth of food per day per so, whale. So part of... 
part of doing your research, obviously, you have to be able to find them. So now comes your dog, Eba. From what I understand, you rescued Eba from a local shelter, yes? Yes. And you can find her on Instagram. I am not on Instagram, but she is on Instagram. Okay. It's pretty funny. Uh, yeah, EBA, the whale dog. Okay. Um, so she was actually, I adopted her from my sister in 2017. My sister found her wandering the streets in 2015. And prior to that, she had been uh, left on the doorstep of the local animal shelter in Sacramento and had been rehabilitated from a three three and a half pound freezing puppy that had been abandoned. She was rehabbed at Sacramento Animal Shelter and then put out into foster care. And it was from that foster care yard that she got out. And that's when my sister found her. And then about a year and a half later, uh, we came to a need to have a, a, a trained scent detection dog for our program. And I asked our director, Dr. Sam Wasser, whether or not I could give Eva a shot at, at training her up. And he said, yeah, go ahead. Don't get your hopes up because often uh, companion animals don't make good scent dogs. So here's my question. So how did you know that she would become, you know, your assistant or a working dog that could help you conduct your research? And how is it that she became trained to sniff out scat of killer whales? Yeah, so we got started getting the idea in 2018 that she might make a good scat dog because of the way that she was really focused on her toys. So we look for dogs that are really play-motivated, not food-motivated, and she was like that. Ultimately, what happened is our lead trainer at the time was standing there. I was having a chat with him, and, and uh, our, my dog, Eva, kept pushing her toy into his hand, trying to get him to play tug with her. And he asked me at that point, hey, have you ever thought about training her up to be a scent dog? And honestly, I hadn't. He said, hey, let me try it out. Let me, let me test her. And uh, he, threw, he took that toy and threw it into waist-high uh, grass. And without a moment's hesitation, she lunged into this grass and uh, found her toy really fast. And he's like, oh, yeah, I bet you could train her. So when the need arose in 2018 for us to, to, to get another dog trained up, um, that's when I pitched it to Dr. Wasser about training Eva. So, like, what does she do? Like, she's on the boat with you. Does she bark? Does she run around? I mean, how does she alert you that poop, whale poop is nearby? Yeah. So the, do- the, do- the vessel captain's job is to operate the boat downwind of where the whales may have left a sample. Mm-hmm. And we try and stay about 400 or more meters behind the whales so we're not stressing them out ourselves. And so what we do is, is Eva's just kind of on the front of the boat, um, hanging out, looking around. Um, just very relaxed in her body. And then when she gets a scent, everything changes. She has a, a very distinct body change, change of behavior, we call it. Her body gets stiff. She'll go to the front of the boat. She will maybe start licking the air. It depends on uh, what the wind is doing, what, what exactly her tell is. She has a couple. And when we get closer and closer to the, to the um, highest concentration of that scent, her tail will start wagging. She'll even get up on the front of the bow. And then as soon as we pass pass through that strongest scent cone, part of the scent cone, she'll come back around. She runs to the side of the boat. And that notifies us that, hey, we've gone too far. Because essentially she's trying to turn into the wind herself. You know, she's trying to run towards the sample when she does that. And so we'll turn the boat into the wind. And then it's a series of zigzags and watching her behavior change from being on the front of the boat to the side of the boat. And that's how we 
That's how we end up finding it. And wow. She can smell fecal sample from over a mile away. And um, and so it's really fantastic to non-invasively collect these samples for analysis. That's great. I mean, we all know that, you know, dogs have amazing olfactory gland and they can smell so much more than humans. Is yeah. it like eight times as much as a human? Something like that? Oh, no, they no, no. It's more like 100 times better. Wow. Wow. They've tested dogs sniffing a teaspoon of sugar in two Olympic-sized swimming pools, and they've been able to detect it. There's a lot there. So thank goodness you have a working partner who makes it all happen. Not every dog can do this, obviously, but don't just have your dog sit on the couch. Maybe she's capable of working. More and more, we're finding um, various organizations, uh, police forces around the country are working and looking for rescue dogs to fill their need to have canine on board. Well, we want to thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Giles. And can you give us a website where we can learn about your research Mm -hmm. as well as Eba's Instagram? Because we want to see what she's up to. Awesome. Yes, thank you. So Eba, E-B-A, the whale dog. You can find her online. She has a webpage. She has Instagram and Facebook. And then you can also look us up at the Conservation Canines and that is the Center for Conservation Biology at the University of Washington. Everyone, that was Dr. Deborah Giles, a marine biologist at the University of Washington Center for Conservation Biology who studies killer whales, talking about how her dog Eba sniffs out the poop, the scat of killer whales. I'm always amazed what dogs can do. Aren't you guys? Well, anyway, up next, the pet buzz, celebrity pet gossip, and of course, flex facts all in segment number two. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We would love to communicate with you via social media. Use The Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. Does your pet have dry, flaky, and itchy skin? Do you find yourself visiting the veterinarian repeatedly because Fido or Fluffy has skin allergies or ear infections? I love animals and want my pets to be healthy. So I asked our vet who recommended EpiPet Ear Cleaner. It's super simple and it even smells good. Every week I use it on both my dog and my cat to gently remove wax and debris. (laughs) I even told my friend Aiden to try EpiPet on his dog Sophie who always had red ears. But not anymore. Now we both have happy and healthy pets. Thanks EpiPet. Developed by a veterinarian, EpiPet is a revolutionary, high-performance skin and ear care product line made with the finest natural ingredients. EpiPet, for you and your pet, means better pet health. For more information, visit epi-pet.com. Ever Pet knows there's a lot in your life that you worry about. We want to make sure your pet's flea and tick protection isn't one of them. 
Teva Pet offers vet quality flea and tick protection that has the same active ingredients as leading brands like Canine Advantix 2 and Frontline Plus, but that cost much less, which means you can give your pet total flea protection worry-free. And the best part is you can get Teva Pet flea and tick topicals delivered right to your door when you shop on TevaPet.com. Teva Pet, helping you and your pet live your best life. Thank you so much for joining the Pet Buzz. This show is hosted by the Pet Dynamic Duo. I'm Pet Trendologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. Hey, let's kick off this segment with celebrity pet news because I'm doing the gossip. I'm doing the dish. I'm talking about celebrity people and places and things. So this is why I'm going to talk about the Westminster Kennel Club dog show as a celebrity thing. Well, it's rescheduling the date of their iconic show. The annual dog show is the second oldest sporting event in the United States next to the Kentucky Derby. And we know how that went in 2020. The show will not be held at the famous Madison Square Garden in February, but in Tarrytown, New York, at the Linden Estate in June. The show will be held outdoors in these Big circus tents. That's what my sources tell me. Hotels and flights are already selling out. I have no idea what the ticket situation is. This is one of those things that's going to be really up in the air. Stay tuned. I'll have more WKC info coming up in the next few weeks. And now what you've been waiting for. Welcome to Just the Facts. Just the Facts. Just the facts, ma'am. You want answers! I want the truth! It's gonna take long. You got the time. Okay, so now what you've been waiting for, Flex Facts. So, Dr. Fleck, what are we gonna talk about today? Today we're talking about unusual feline health problems that you may not be aware that your cat is having. But first, it is important to review. Cats tend to hide aches, pains, and other health issues. And by the time kitties let you know something is amiss, the issue could have been going on for longer than you think. As it turns out, this is a survival instinct. Cats are known for hiding illness, weakness, and pain, especially chronic conditions like dental, kidney, and even heart issues. This goes back to their existence in the wild when trying to avoid attracting the attention of would-be predators. That means pet owners may not immediately see physical signs that something is wrong. One of the first signs that something is wrong with your kitty is changes in behavior, like a sudden aversion to the litter box or sitting in the litter box when not going to the bathroom. Another telltale sign is your cat hiding more than usual. Cats are also great at hiding in quiet, dark places, such as under the bed or in the closet. It can be normal not to see them for long periods of time. And if your cat has never been sick and you notice a change in its behavior, these are some health problems you might know your cat may have that you want to watch out for. Okay, so let's start out by talking about some of these unusual ailments. Because we know about kidney, we know about dental. Those are constantly reviewed on Google and the vet and everything else. Okay, so here's my question. 
I heard cats can have false pregnancies. Is that true? That is very true. Okay. Frequently, as a matter of fact. So if your female cat is not spayed, having the odors and, and uterus removed, but you know she hasn't been getting busy with any neighborhood toms, your cat won't get pregnant. However, some female cats can show signs of false pregnancy complete with lactation. This is likely due to hormones imbalances, so you want to get whiskers checked out ASAP. Okay. So, okay, let's talk about feline acne. Who knew cats have acne? Your feline friend might develop pimples near its chin and its lower lip. Some cats may only have a single episode of acne, while others have a lifelong reoccurring problem. The frequency and seriousness of each acne flare-up, however, can vary with each animal. A secondary bacterial infection is usually present with acne in cats as well. If kitty suddenly develops acne, it's best to have your vet check to make sure there's not a secondary infection. You know, that's really good advice, and a lot of people don't realize if their cat is eating out of a plastic bowl, the plastic, after it wears down, can get really, really rough. Really good point. It scuffs the chin and the neck, and then a cat develops a rash very similar to acne. Don't be cheap. Make sure you get good uh, containers for your, for right. your pets. Right. So you can use ceramic, although you have to be careful because it breaks and it cracks, and yes. bacteria can harbor in it. So stick to stainless steel. And keep them clean. And keep them clean. And clean means washing them after each meal. At least after each meal. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. So, dogs can ha- can develop uh, compulsive disorders. What about cats? Compulsive kitties could have anxiety. That okay. Makes sense. If you think you might have an overly anxious kitty, take note of its behavior. Common signs are your cat engaging in repetitive exaggerated behavior that are seemingly without any purpose. For example, grooming to the extent that fur is rubbed off, compulsive pacing, repetitive vocalizations, and eating, sucking, or chewing on maybe fabric. My advice, talk to your vet because the behavior can cause additional health problems. Okay. Uh, Cats and dementia, is that a possibility? Do we see it a lot? Yes. Your feline friend could develop dementia. Dementia in older cats is called cognitive dysfunctional syndrome. And some of the most common signs are similar to the signs of dementia in humans. Okay. Perhaps kitty doesn't remember where the food dish is. Oh, that's a big one. Or is staring at the wall. In addition, talk to your vet, making sure you follow strict routine for your senile cat to alleviate some of that darn stress. Anything else, Dr. Fleck? That's all the Flex facts for this week. Hey, I thought that was really a good segment. Fun. I mean, fun in a weird way, but fun to learn about new things. And always these things are people, pet owners, cat owners, have questions about. Absolutely. And we're trying to help you on answering those questions. You know, it's funny because I always, I know dogs have doggy dementia. We've actually had a guest over the years talk about that. Maybe we should find someone who could talk about cat dementia. Good idea. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Well, anyway, stick around more of the pet buzz very soon, but you can't wait for my I Likey of the Week.
should you bathe your pet? Well, I'm pet trendologist Charlotte Reed, and I'm asked that question often. How often you should wash your dog depends on a number of factors, including his health, breed, coat, and activity level, as well as where these activities are taking place. Dogs who spend days outside rolling and things are going to need a bath far more often than the ones who spend most of their time on the couch. Or you can always take the smell test. If your dog walked into the room and you can smell them, it's time for a bath. Make sure when it's time for a bath, you gather up all the supplies, including a non-slip mat and plenty of towels. Use shampoo formulated for dogs and turn your cell phone off to avoid distraction. And if you have a dog that hates getting a bath, smear some peanut butter on the bathtub wall and let him lick it off while you bathe him. Then he'll know bathing can really be a treat. What would you do with two and a half more years with your dog? Two and a half more years of fetch, of walks, of love. Studies show that overweight dogs live two and a half years less on average than dogs at a healthy weight. But Slim Paws is here to help. Veterinarian recommended weight loss in one daily chew for your dog. Slim Paws, for the long, healthy life of your dog. When your doctor recommended omega fatty acids as a daily supplement, he told you that they promoted better heart, brain, skin, joint, and immune system health. Well, doesn't it make sense for your pet to have the same health benefits? EpiPet Whole Fish Treat, an all-natural smoked fish supplement, is 100% bioavailable, bringing your pets the nutrients they need to keep them healthy and happy. We first heard about EpiPet at our local rescue shelter where our family adopted Lucy, a 10-year-old yellow lab. She was in tough shape, but we noticed within just a few days how soft and thick her coat was getting. She has more energy now, loves to chase her favorite tennis ball, and most importantly, how happy and healthy Lucy is now. We could not be happier. Thanks, EpiPet. To order better pet health for your dog or cat, just visit epi-pet.com. That's epi-pet.com. Welcome back. You are listening to the Pet Buzz, the best in pet talk radio. I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. And I'm pet trendologist Charlotte Reed. That's the way it has to be because that's the way I like it. It's genius. I like it. I love it so much. I like it. It's to die for. I like it. And now for the I likey of the week. You know, we all love to give our dogs treats, especially if they can catch them. Well, our dog BJ is the best at it. I mean, she can catch any treat from any angle. But our golden retriever, Hannah, she's not so good at it. Uh, Yeah, she's, she's okay. She's not so great. I'm thinking about it. She's okay at it. Well, she's gotten better over the years, though. But this I likey of mine has to do with a photography slideshow that I sniffed out on the CBS website. It seems these great photos are the work of photographer Christian Wieler Kirschner of Walthrop, Germany. The photos are from his new book called Treat, featuring all kinds of dogs, all facing his lens and all just microseconds away from receiving a delicious mid-air snack. Yum. Sometimes the snack is in the frame. Sometimes the snack is in the dog's mouth. But every time the dog is filled with pure delight. They're actually a joyful distraction from the everyday stresses of life in 2020. I mean, if you have 
COVID fatigue, check out the book or check out actually this 50 little piece slideshow on the CBS website, a second installment of his book cataloging very good dogs entitled Treat 2 is also on its way. I think this post will definitely entertain you and maybe you'll even want to inspire to throw your dog a snap. I think it'll be a little hard to try to throw the snack and take a picture. Anyway, I'll post this link on our social media sites. But in the meantime, if you want to look, you can go to cbsnews.com and check out Treat Pictures. You know, we're going to do a little moving on. You know, each week we get a few questions. Actually, now as the show is growing, Dr. Fleck, we're starting to get some more questions, right? Yes. From a listening audience out there from all over the country. As we grow, the larger the population of Interested people. Exactly. And okay. want to know stuff. Well, you know, it's interesting because Halloween comes and it goes and you ask yourself, what am I going to do with all that stuff, including pet stuff? Do I throw it away, keep it, clean it or store it? That question was from one of our listeners. Her name is Rosemary and she's from Philadelphia. So what do you think, Dr. Fleck? You know, that's a good point, Charlotte. Frankly, I always worry about the leftover candy. What do you mean, leftover candy? Well, when we have dogs, we always have a tendency to be extremely careful when we buy the candy stuff, bags, bowls, etc. But when the kids come home and distribute their candy, which is usually on the floor, we have to remember the dogs. You know, that's a good point. I'm thinking about that. You probably had that with your kids because you had three kids. And with the dogs. Okay. So many times after the holiday festivities are over, pets, especially dogs, get sick from that candy. Okay. They find a stray piece on the floor. And cats, think about them, they can be attracted to the silvery, shiny paper of many of the candies. I mean, think about chocolate Hershey's Kisses. That's always a favorite. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Chocolate has been a bad effect on dogs, that theobromine, and causes some physical suffering and you suffer in your wallet. Amen to that. <laughs> and cats, aluminum foil paper can cause intestinal damage, causing us to do surgical procedures. So expensive endeavors when the holidays are just getting started and monetary outlay can be expensive at a time when many of us are struggling economically. You know, you're right. You know, I find that people always want to know what to do with their costumes, especially the pet costumes and the other dog stuff. Well, I have Halloween dog themed beds, toys, bowls and costumes to deal with. So the holiday themed dog beds can easily be washed and fit in the washer and dryer. They're more like little small pillows like the one I'm sitting on right now, Dr. Fleck. Because I feel too low in the chair. Well, the toys can always be washed in the dishwasher and or the washing machine. So if it's kind of a latex or, you know, whatever that other fabric kind of fabric is, those toys can be washed in the dishwasher. And then the soft toys like the coffins and spider webs, soft dog toys, they can be washed in the washer and dryer. And bowls are always washed and put away. 
And what about Halloween costumes? Well, you know, Halloween costumes can be really tricky, so many pet owners want to throw them out. And I always say, why? I mean, time out. They can always be worn again. Okay, so remember I told you, see Yoda here? Yoda is the, baby Yoda is the most popular costume this year. All the Star Wars characters are super popular, and there's a Star Wars day in May. So why throw them out, you know? And there's always some holiday, some oceanic holiday, some flower holiday, some spring thing. You can always take a picture of your pet in a costume, so save them. Okay, so, but you really have to care for them and store them. So obviously some costumes can be washed in a garment bag and set it on a low setting for a quick and really delicate wash. And then you want to hang dry it. You never want to put any of these costumes in the dryer. They can easily burn or get damaged. Others can be rinsed in delicate soap, like a hand wash, and then hung dry. Just make sure you rinse out all the soap. Some can be wiped down with mild soap and a washcloth, anything that's made of that felt. So when I say this, don't laugh, because you've seen me do it. I actually vacuum some of those costume types. And the most important thing with those costumes is to completely dry them and store before you store them. Now, if you can iron them a bit on a very low setting, it's a good idea. It'll help them keep their shape. But you want to get all that hair off of them, even if you use a lint roller, because you don't know what's on that hair. So I just tell you just to be careful with the synthetics. You don't want to burn them. Store costumes in plastic bags. Pack up everything in a large box and label the stuff. And for outdoor, like your pet cemetery, what do you do with that stuff? Well, you know, I, I, I'm famous for my pet cemetery. So the styrofoam headsets, I throw them out because they've been out in the elements and most likely have various insects and pathogens and microbes on them. And storing them in a box would just cause more bacteria to grow. The plastic ones, I actually soak in a dishwashing um, tub. You know, one of those plastic things that you can buy at like Walmart or something. I wash them in warm water, dishwashing soap with just a few little drops of bleach to disinfect them. Rinse them and then leave them out to air dry. The skeleton dogs and cats, that's a little bit more difficult. I usually wash them in the, um, the, the shower or I wash them in the outside sink. And really with a soapy, the same soapy solution, I scrub them a little bit and I just to get them completely clean. I air dry them on my lanai. Um, and the ghosts, the spooks, and the ghouls that are hanging in my trees, I hand wash them by dumping them in a bucket of warm soapy water with laundry sanitizer. Not bleach, because I don't know what will happen with the fabrics. There are, a lot of them are black, some of them are white. But really, the plastic heads is really what I want to cl- get clean. And then um, I scrub the heads, you know, with like a nail brush, like a larger nail brush. And then I hang them up because the fabric is so thin on these ghosts and goblins and spooks that it could shred or easily tear, just become like mangled. And then once everything is all dry, I just store them in a box and mark outdoor Halloween costumes. So that's kind of what I do, Dr. Flex. So Rosemary, I hope the answer to this question really helps you. But Dr. Fleck, guess what? I have another question from you from Jason from Amarillo, Texas. He wants to know how often he should cut his dog's Delilah's nails. Good question. Indoor pets may need more frequent attention than outdoor pets. Mm -hmm. Animal claws wear down naturally through normal activity, but cats and dogs, especially when kept indoors, often need to have them trimmed more often as they are not as active and generally walk on soft surfaces rather than the outdoor counterparts. 
Cats in particular may try to remedy this problem by sharpening their claws on curtains, couches, and carpets. Ugh. Thank gosh Hayden doesn't do that. I know. So when a dog's claws are too long, you may hear them click as they walk across the hard surface floor. This is a sign the claws are too long and need to be clipped. Absolutely. Well, that's great advice, Dr. Fleck. And I hope this helped you, Jason, and your dog, Delilah, from Amarillo, Texas. Let's take a commercial break and then find out what a cat owner is willing to do to protect her beloved cat. Let me just tell you, her lawyer's here with us today. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We would love to communicate with you via social media. Use The Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. Does your pet have dry, flaky, and itchy skin? Do you find yourself visiting the veterinarian repeatedly because Fido or Fluffy has skin allergies or ear infections? EpiPet to the rescue. Developed by a veterinarian, EpiPet is a revolutionary, high-performance skin and ear care product line made with the finest natural ingredients. EpiPet, for you and your pet, means better pet health. For more information, visit epi-pet.com. I'm petrologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We are urban, suburban, and, and country. country. It's time for the global news, one of my favorite sections of the show. And now, Pet Buzz News from around the globe. This year has been unpredictable, to say the least. You can imagine the surprise of an Italian farmer when his dog, Spalaccia, Spalaccia, I like that. Gave birth to a puppy with green fur. The tino pooch was immediately named Pistachio. The puppy was part of a five-dog litter born at the farm on the Mediterranean island of Sardinia. Pistachio's brothers and sisters all had white fur, the same color as their mother. A dog with born with green fur is very rare. It's believed to be the result of a puppy making contact with a green pigment called Beliverdin while in the womb. But soon after, pistachio's color has already started to fade and will continue to do so. Mr. Malochi has decided to give away all the puppies apart from pistachio who will help him herd sheep on the farm. He says that green is a color of hope and luck. He added, many of us could do with a little bit more in 2020. Amen to Mr. Malochio and good luck to pistachio. You're kind maybe he should have named her leprechaun. <laughs> Because she's green. I don't even know if leprechauns are green, but I think I'm going to look that up. Okay, so let's bring on our next guest. What would you do to protect your cat if she was allegedly accused of crimes in your neighborhood? Sounds interesting, right? Well, the cat owner's attorney is going to talk to us about the case. And joining us today is John Zimmerman, Esquire, the Seattle, Washington attorney representing the pet owner, Anna Donnelly, who owns Mishka, the cat. 
Hey, John, Charlotte and I are pleased to welcome you to the Pet Buzz today. Thank you, Dr. Flack. It's great to be here with you and Charlotte. So, so John, what has Mishka the cat been accused of? Mishka the cat was accused several years ago of killing a neighbor's pet bunnies. Of course, we deny this, but that's what she's been accused of several years ago. Okay. Now, did she break any laws in Bellevue, Washington, where she lives? The law that she has been consistently accused of, which is really the the law that uh, has been used to uh, try to make Mishka this feline felon, essentially, is a law about trespassing. And so Bellevue is not a right-to-roam city for cats. Now, I think at one point it was, uh, but the problem is that uh, Bellevue, uh, along with some other cities, have restricted the rights of animals to traverse other people's properties. Obviously, if a cat is considered property, and if she kills another piece of property, that's not necessarily breaking the law, right, Jonathan? It obviously is a dispute that has to be worked out between two owners. But versus the second question, the question that I asked you, that's definitely a law, a right to roam law, correct? Correct. It's an issue because, first of all, a lot of pet owners don't even know about this law. I really want to know, because this is a question when Dr. Fleck and I were talking about having you talk about Mishka on the show, Dr. Fleck said, why can't you just keep her indoors? Because Mishka was never an indoor cat originally, and there was no problem with Mishka being outdoors, but for a neighbor complaining about Mishka killing her pet bunnies. We have another neighbor who feels that she can't attract all the birds in the neighborhood because of Mishka. Now, these aren't birds that live on the neighbor's property. This is just the the neighbor's view that that she should be able to attract as many birds as she wants. (laughs) And by having a cat next door, she is unable to do so. Gosh, we don't like to make any opinions here between Charlotte and myself, but wow, sounds pretty peculiar. I mean, uh, wait, so now Mishka, I mean, were there tickets involved? Did she get citations? There were. Did she threaten? Mishka got, sure, Mishka got over three dozen tickets, and these amounted to about $25,000, (gasps) $30,000 fines. And oh what we were learning, essentially, we, were, we learned two things uh, a few years ago. One, that the manager who lived in the neighborhood had, had specifically targeted Mishka. And then the second, uh, the second thing we learned was that the system that Bellevue had for adjudicating the cases uh, was not recognized under Bellevue law. And so we brought this up to the city and the county several years ago, because if you give somebody a ticket, They should be able to contest that. And so there wasn't a meaningful way for uh, my client, Ms. Daniele, to contest these matters. And eventually that's what resulted in a lawsuit. And so that lawsuit was filed about a year and a half ago. And there have been some delays because of COVID. But we had a hearing on Friday and the judge uh, uh, ruled and essentially granted our motion uh, state it would, in which the judge stated that the hearing examiner that Bellevue used, which is a King County hearing examiner, had no right to hear any of the cases involving Mishka, and he never had a right to hear animal enforcement cases in Bellevue. And that's significant because he's been hearing these cases for about four years. So we have all these pet owners who have had cases in front of the hearing examiner, including a 
chicken that was prosecuted. I think it was a rooster, actually. And uh, the rooster had been had been prosecuted. And even though the hearing examiner ruled for the rooster, uh, stating specifically that barks, howls, yelps, and whines are not uh, uh, are prohibited by the Bellevue Code, but not the clucks and crows of a chicken. Jonathan's a straight man. He's like the straight man attorney. You know, he doesn't <laughs> crack a smile and the audience is like falling all over each other. I mean, you know, Jonathan, the thing that's so crazy is like, you know, what is going on in Bellevue? I mean, like, seriously? I mean, I'm trying to figure this out. I mean, like, poor Miss Daniele. She hires you, and you've been working for her for how many years now? Almost four. Oh, my God. Four years. I mean, I would have suspected this case by you finding all of these stumbling blocks about the people involved in this case. And I know there's more to the case. We don't have a lot of time right now. I mean, there's intricacies with people who are involved, who are working for the city. I mean, it's like the government against Mishka the you, cat. You, you would think that the government leadership should have important things to be talking about than something like this. Right. A cat's natural oh predatory. Yes. Now, I would, of course, now I'm not going to lie. If Mishka or any other cat or any other dog came into my yard and killed my animals or my bunny, I would be upset, obviously, you know, and, you know, I hold a grudge. But I mean, who knows if she did it? There's no camera footage. Right, John? I haven't seen any. And so this we really <laughs> think that this is just conjecture. And what we've seen are essentially are photographs of dead animals, but what we know, and, and not Mishka with these dead animals, but what we do know is that the manager of animal control was going around the neighborhood and giving people traps and was literally trying to lure Mishka onto, uh, onto people's properties. And it, it's just essentially entrapment. I mean, literally entrapment. Mm -hmm. And we know that other animals were caught in these traps. For example, a raccoon was caught uh, in these traps. There have been cougars in the neighborhood. And so their little stunt really kind of backfired on them, uh, frankly. And so there, there's just a lot out there. There's a lot more to uncover here in this, in this, with this government. This is the deep <laughs> state. It really is. It's so okay. true. And I, and I, and I want our listeners to know that no animals were hurt in the making of this show. <laughs> and on that note, we have to thank you, Attorney John Zimmerman, for joining us today. Fantastic. Thank, thank you, you so much. Yeah, and for thank more. You, Charlotte. Thank yeah. you, Dr. Black. Well, for more information, visit Mishka the Cat. Wow. Or should I say meow? meow. Okay. Mm -hmm. What a case. Really, what a case. You definitely have to check out Mishka the Cat. There's an email address. Send your support. But it's that time. Okay, everybody, that's a wrap. It's time to wrap the show. Way you know, too early. It's always way too early. But before we go, we want to give you a preview for next week's show. Well, next week, we're going to talk about how your dog's personality changes over the years with his health. Also, we're going to talk about what's happening with cats. What's the new meow regarding their health? And we're going to talk about what to do if you get attacked by a dog. There are a lot of dog attacks right now in the news all over the country. And I think this is important information. Don't you? I do. Okay. So why don't you thank our guest? Well, special thanks to our guest, Dr. Deborah Giles and John Zimmerman Esquire. And of course, we must always thank our sponsors, the Animal Medical Center of Bradenton and EpiPet, making better skin, coat, and ear care products for healthier pets everywhere. And if you have a question, write us at team at the petbuzz.com. We'll cover it on next week's show. 
And if you've missed any portion of this show, visit our social media channels as well as your favorite streaming channels and listen to the linked podcast. When, Dr. Fleck? Monday morning. Great. Most importantly, though, remember, we're here each week to help you take better care of your pets. Peace out and pet love. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Pet Buzz. The Pet Buzz is hosted by the dynamic pet duo, pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. Tune in each week for the latest 411 on everything pet related. Visit our website at www.thepetbuzz.com. Learn more about us, the show, and our guests.